Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me via Skype uh, is my friend Michael Leboff. Mike, where were you when the Islanders season came to an abrupt end I was, on Sunday? I was actually I was at work, work watching. We have a bunch of TVs and uh, my boss stood up and goes, oh, the Leafs are going to score right here, kind of walking by me, uh, just like kind of to go with me. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a good, he's a good de- yeah. Devils fan. Hates the, he, hates, he hates the Rangers. Like, you know, That's good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and he uh, he yeah, he goes. The Leafs are gonna score, and they scored, and uh, I was very. I, I was upset at first, but then it was kind of a relief because a yeah. I don't want I didn't want to have to lose another series to Tom Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, so yeah. but yeah, you know, I, I'm and they, they didn't they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs as we said. So uh, yeah, it's kind of nice. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. last year. I don't know how many people follow him on Twitter, but Rob Pozzola, who's a very good follow, he's in, deep into analytics and uh, kind of looks at him from like a gambling perspective. Uh, he's a very bright guy. He he said last year that the Islanders first round series was going to be like the the of the generation of Islanders, I guess, and uh, that they would have been better off missing and then you know kind of changing hands. So uh, I kind of took that that approach. After they were actually limited, and say, you know what, maybe this is a, a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I'm always very superstitious, and I chalked it up to, well, this is what I get for rooting for Pittsburgh <laughs> the one time. And you know, for a while there, it looked like they they were kind of going to hang hang on to this thing. You know, Flurry was in net; he kind of knows what he's doing still. Um, you know, 
Crosby's out there. Their defense hasn't been hasn't been healthy all season, and you figure, well, they can hang on to this. But you know, give the Leafs credit; they they took care of what they had to, had to do, and the Islanders did not like two or three weeks ago, uh, in particular when they came back from that road trip. And uh, you know, had they had they won a game here or there, I, I posted um, the gallery of uh, recats uh, that everybody kind of looks forward to, <laughs> and uh, I was you know going through them and like you know posting them and making the gallery on Facebook, and I saw that grouping of ones where they lost, you know, three or four games in a, in a row with like a couple of minutes to spare. And I was just like, you know, this was the season. Like if you win, if you hang on to beat the sharks in November in San Jose, how does the season different? Like how is, you know, how did, how is this game in April different? It's just a whole thing. And it's just, that's why I wrote, you know, self-inflicted wounds. And, but I get what you're saying. Like it, it was a, a bit of a relief that we didn't have to wait anymore. Um, it would have, I don't know if it would have been better or for worse to happen on Sunday. So we didn't have to kind of watch that game, although they won. So they won, they finished winning six games in a row, which is kind of funny. Yeah, with all with Tom uh, <laughs> playing second line left wing. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's such a. I guess it's the perfect bizarre ending to a fairly bizarre mm-hmm. season that you know it was almost like it was running in a treadmill. But like you know, if you picture a mouse and a or a hamster and a ball, and he's sort of running, but he's up against a wall, so he's not really going anywhere, but he's doing a lot of work. That's kind of like what the Islander season sort of felt like a little bit. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like a lot of work to not really go anywhere. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Honestly, we could we like like I was calling for in the beginning of the season, they should have just. We would have we would have all saved ourselves a lot of time if we just if we just didn't play this year. The yeah. Islanders should, they should have just punted the whole season. Right, we'll fi- but I don't know how we'll fix the ice. We're, we're gonna take this year off. We're just gonna work yeah. on the ice for 80, 82 nights a year and 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 yeah. give Islanders fans a break. It's it's so funny that you know when you when I looked at it, I was like, you know what? They finished fifth in the hardest division in the in the league, and they finished with ninety four points, and they were in dead last in the conference in you know January or December and it was like that's kind of an accomplishment but at the same time like it's you know like we just said like it's just it's so much work they and you know they're going to end up with the 14th overall pick <laughs> which is like not really all that helpful to be honest and uh you know or you know in a dra- you never know in the draft obviously everybody's always like oh this isn't a really deep draft but i mean come on like we never know mm-hmm. you, it's always somebody's always going to take somebody good and we're all going to say oh how come we didn't get that yeah, guy? Why don't we have Eric Carlson? Every- yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah um so uh it, it'll you know, it'll be something like that, but you know, they as of right now they have a 0.9 percent chance of winning the lottery, so it's not very high. Um, they don't have a lot of guys coming off the books. They have, you know, they're kind of an older team. They have to sign a certain guy named John Tavares. So there's a lot of questions going into the off season. Um, but I think we'll focus today primarily on the guy who put the team together and maybe some of the people that he, you know, what his future is like or what they can where they can go and a bunch of guys just got fired. So if could any of them replace him or replace Doug wait, but uh, you know, with Garth snow, I wrote the thing. I, I I'm not prone to kind of writing at night anymore <laughs> in a haze of, of anguish, but uh, I did this time and, you know, just said, basically he's done enough. This season was the kind of season that should cost somebody their job. Mm-hmm. Will it, uh, you know, these are the Islanders we're talking about. So probably not, but right. we could rehash all the problems that they went through that we've gone through this whole time. It's funny too, because uh, he, he his his fingerprints are all over the season. A lot of times when a, G, a GM, you know, puts together a roster, it's, it's a little, um, you can't like 
directly point to some something he does, I guess, is the best way to say it, because it's the players that are actually play in the game. Right. But <laughs> with this roster and this team, it's it's, it's <laughs> plain to see, like, oh, oh yeah, they, yeah, they they didn't have this guy because Gar Snow, you know, iced a, or rostered a third goalie, or he he decided <laughs> to not call up a good defenseman, or he signed, you know, a guy who was his prime because he had an a interesting showing at the World Baseball Classic or whatever they played, and <laughs> and, and and yeah, and so he's just like, all right, like very plain to see what happened, and and. And as we've said, like he's done a lot of good things and a lot of bad things, which I kind of complicates things a little bit. And mm. said very slow moving, and when it mm. when it comes to making change, actually big ones. So uh, the thing that what the Kings did today, hopefully, was just a, a huge light bulb went off. And I hope that Ledecky and and Malkin both thought, oh, you know what's a good idea is we should go after these two. And, like, they want it to be, like, their ideas. Of, we can make it seem like, yeah, it's not an obvious thing. Like, yeah, it's a good idea, guys. Like, you guys are brilliant. You, you're brilliant for thinking that. Because uh, I think uh, – and, and Doug Waite, that, the, the Waite thing is very complicated to finish. But, I mean, if you're – if it's like the Travis Hamannick situation, right? We both mm-hmm. love Travis Hamannick as a person. But if, if they could have traded for him for Taylor Hall and they didn't, that's a really scary thing. Whereas if like yeah. if you can trade in uh, Doug Waite for Dwayne Sutter uh, or somebody Daryl Sutter, it's just like you got to do it. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get to the King stuff in yeah. a little bit, but um, you know, I, I wrote the thing about Garth and about and his, you know, he should be let go for his year. And I, I want to be clear, like as somebody in the comments was like, you know, or maybe might have been on Twitter. I'm not sure. It was like, you know, it's good that you pointed out the good stuff. Because uh, a lot of the the you know a lot of articles about Garth will only call out the bad stuff, and you know my whole thing the the reason I wrote that and the, the point I wanted to get across was that up until the the 2015 off season, like this team was headed in the right direction, and you couldn't really argue that they weren't. Like yeah, okay, it took a while to get there, but I mean again, this is a guy who had budget problems and arena problems, and it wasn't like a normal rebuild, and it took a while, but all of a sudden you know he may got super aggressive the year before. Boychuk, Letty, Kuhlman, Grabowski, Halak. I mean, he was so aggressive that he acquired and signed Halak before the season was even over. Like, that's that's pretty aggressive. And from that point on, from the end of that season on, he just stopped making those kind of impact moves. And I hate even using the term impact moves because I feel like I'm kind of nudging my way into being do something guy. And I really hate to be like do something guy because that's not a plan. Do, do something is not a plan. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of where I want to go with the Kings who you're talking about. They fired GM uh, Dean Lombardi and coach Daryl Sutter just now, like literally hours ago, they fired assistant coach Davis Payne, who had been the coach uh, of the Blues a couple years ago before Ken Hitchcock took over. And, uh, you know, immediately people are like, well, they got to sign. They got to sign Lombardi. They got to get Lombardi um, because Islanders fans love love the grass is greener like that the, the grass is always greener when what comes from another team i guess another team's yard um and i'm telling you right now i want to make no bones about this the islanders shouldn't come within 100 yards of dean lombardi yeah i don't if you, if i don't want to snow had a weird season to have a, have oh a, my have god a, have a look at a guy who thought <laughs> he was going to fix his team's scoring problems by getting ben bishop <laughs> well i mean and it's so 
yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I hadn't even I didn't even remember that because I was too fixated on a bunch of other things. One, he basically railroaded Mike Richards out of the league when he was uh, his usefulness had had been uh, achieved and he couldn't help him anymore. And, the you know, Richards did a dumb thing. He got caught with Oxy at the border and basically Lombardi bent the CBA backwards and forwards to to just get this guy kicked out of the league until he, the, the caps brought him back for that cup of coffee real quick. Um, meanwhile, he was totally behind uh, Slava Voinov who admitted to domestic abuse and did everything he could to keep him on the team until Voinov fled essentially to, to Russia <laughs> where he's playing his days now. And I bet he'll be back at the U S whenever somebody can figure it out how, uh, and you know, did everybody just forget like, a few months ago, the the World Baseball Classic, the World Hockey Classic, what you were just talking about, where like Dean Lombardi put together a team, a USA team that literally couldn't win a game, and it was like packed with third liners and guys that couldn't score goals. Like, I don't want this guy running. And I get it. Like, I totally understand. Again, I wrote the whole thing. I I believe Snow did some things in the last couple of years that should cost him the job. I don't think the Islanders uh, owners are going to do that. But uh, you know, I know I get the the desire to have new blood. But Dean Lombardi is not that blood. I'm telling you, there's got to be. If there's somebody else out there, great. But it shouldn't be Dean Lombardi. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, you got to hope that Sutter and if you want, I think Sutter's the prize of maybe the whole off season. I don't. Uh, I haven't really thought about you know, free agency or mm-hmm. anything yet. But I, like, if if you get Daryl Sutter, you're you're getting a guy who's like right. perfect for this NHL. He's he's found a way to get play turn players who have no business being as good as they are into <laughs> into you know right. scoring chance producers like mul- mm-hmm. like multiple it's just it, he's he has something there and yeah. and he's and, and the, the other thing is like the, the kings if you look at their roster they shouldn't missing the playoffs is a disappointment but they shouldn't have been you know the, the contending team that everyone always expects them to be. So uh, right. he's, 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 I think he's a brilliant coach. I don't want, like you said, I don't want anything to do with Dean Lombardi. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I would, I, I think that if it, yeah, for, for Malkin and Ledecky to, to kind of like, they have to win over the fan base right now a little bit. I, th- I yeah, think because just, you know, the way things are going, obviously with, with, with the Barclays and, and kind of the PR yeah. disaster that were the Islanders this year and just how <laughs> they're, they're kind of like United Airlines. Like, I feel like that's like what I, 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 I Islanders Twitter kind of looks like, like the United Airlines Twitter, like a little bit, like right. people just screaming at you and making fun. So <laughs> they, they need to like do something. And I think that, uh, a change at the top is, is a good move and he could pull the Charles Wong like hey Garth like mm. you're not the GM anymore you're the uh, president of like team operations here's yeah. your office um what do you want for lunch bud like <laughs> yeah right um my thing about Sutter and I, I agree with you I think he's a very good coach um but my thing is I think he's a good coach for a certain roster and I don't know if the Islanders necessarily have the roster that would sort of um I guess satisfy the, I think, the Sutter I think style him and Tavares would be a match made in heaven. Yeah, especially considering what Tavares did this year. Um, Andrew Berkshire had a great article about how Tavares should be a candidate for the Selkie Trophy because his defense has gotten so much better this year uh, on top of the usual offense that he brings that he's kind of added this new dimension to his game, sort of like a Kopitar. Now, Kopitar had a bad year. Like A lot of the, the reason the Kings missed the playoffs is because I think Kopitar had like eight goals through February or something like yeah. that, which is a problem. Um, but like you said, I mean, he, he took over a team that was sort of directionless 
and uh, he gave them a direction, and that direction was hit everything that moves, cycle like crazy down low, and get a ton of scoring chances, and win almost sort of by committee. Um, and you know, Daryl Sutter is without question the reason that Dean Lombardi gave Dustin Brown an eight-year, <laughs> like six million-dollar year contract. Which you know, if he did, if you if you thought if people thought that the Clutterbuck and Sezikis contracts were a problem, and they are. I mean, let's not let's not mince words. They are a problem. Imagine giving somebody twice that the, both those contracts combined because that's essentially what he gave he gave Destin Brown was basically either the Sezikis or Clutterbuck contract just double right. double the years double the money that's a bad contract and Dustin Brown will probably be the captain of the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights next year so you know because that was probably what what Dean well I guess it's the other the next GM's problem now but um yeah I think Sutter is is a really good coach and I don't know that would definitely be a huge hire um you know weight's interesting because the the players, and if you read Arthur Staple and Neil Best's notes from Clear Out Day, the players definitely love Doug Waite. And, I mean, that shouldn't come as a surprise. They've known him for years now. Half of the team, I think, has stayed in his guest house uh, at some point. you know. So that shouldn't come as a great surprise. And I, I don't know if Doug is necessarily a great coach. I don't know if he's even the right coach for the Islanders. But they're kind of stuck now because they, did, they were so successful and the players love him. I really, really, unless, I mean, Daryl Sutter might change stuff. I think even Doug Waite would be like, oh, shoot, they got, they got Daryl Sutter. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? But it would be kind of a weird move, I think, to, to, you know, get rid of Dougie. But hey, you never know. I mean, that would be the kind of move that would, like you said, would do a lot of good PR for them, definitely. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, and that's kind of like, we were just saying, you know, you don't want to be a do something guy, but, you know, maybe like Gladecki and Malkin should kind of air towards that side right now. Just, it just, <laughs> Uh, maybe it's just selfish of me. I just don't want to see any like I just I'm sick of just seeing people like ca- making like jokes about Garcino losing his job every day on Twitter. It's just <laughs> I just like I'm, I'm ready for this era to be over. Yeah. It's a, I yeah. mean I remember the Mike must go. Um, oh my fan god! Forum. Very well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and <laughs> and like I liked it for a while because it's kind of like the early days of you know online community of Islander fans and mm-hmm. stuff and uh, on memories of being on that site. But at the, a certain time, you're like I remember they. There was yeah. a rumor that the Islanders were going after uh, the GM of the Orlando Magic, or like the assistant GM, and to make and, right. and I can't remember his name. I'll I'll figure it out. But he uh, and and just like people freaking out about that, and and it was never even close. And that's kind of like what yeah. what I feel like bound to happen if if nothing happened, yeah. if, if if no yeah. changes are made. I w- I was at Islanders games a lot during the height of the Mike Must Go era which spanned like eight years by the way. you know it's not like it's not like it was a very specific uh point in time but yeah i mean and and it was clear and, and that was you know the worst part about it wasn't even that the team was run by a guy who didn't know what he was doing but just that you know the the, the ownership made you feel that there was no ownership i guess is the best way to put it like that was during the gluckstern era and the um you know the the late Pickett era and the John Spano era where you didn't know who was in charge. And, and you, my thing was, you know, you could chant Mike must go all you want. Heck, I even chanted Mike must go, I think. Uh, but nobody's, at, nobody's there to make the, the, the call. Like, and I, people, you always used to ask me, how has Mike Milbury had this job for right. so long? And my answer was always like, there was nobody to fire him. Like, who's going to fire him? It's the GM is hired by the owner. He's the guy who, who does the hiring and the firing of the general manager. And if you have no owner or your owner doesn't got care, then bars somewhere. Right, your owner is in jail because he's a fraud. Uh, or your owner is trying to buy the Redskins for half a billion dollars while he won't spend 
you know, 20 million on the hockey team he already owns, then who who is there to fire the general manager, you know? And it wasn't until Charles Wong came along and, and gave Mike a five-year period, basically, to say, okay, turn this around. He created a team that would lose in the first round of playoffs, and then Charles went, okay, I'll see you later. And then he replaced him. Well, we won't get into the whole thing. But, um, you know, it's funny when you talk about, like, sort of offbeat GM's picks, and just to stay on the Kings one more minute, um, if you follow these sorts of, like, year-end stories, um, sometimes you see the name Mike Fuda come up. He's apparently the assistant to the general manager at the Kings, and he's one of these guys that's always, like, you know, the next kind of GM or, like, one of these next-in-line guys that could pop up. And uh, he was always sort of seen as the next general manager of the Kings. Well, they just gave that job to Rob Blake. Right. So I don't know where that leaves Mike Fuda, but he's one of these guys that could – Paul Fenton is, in Nashville is another one of these guys. Julian Brisebois has been Steve Eiserman's assistant GM in Tampa since Steve Eiserman got the job. And these guys are always, like, thrown around. Their names are always thrown around. It's like, oh, this is the guy to hire. This guy's the next up-and-coming thing. So – I kind of would like Mike Fuda to shake out. I don't know if he's any good or not, but I know that people keep telling me he's good, so that might mean something. Um, but that might be some a name to look for, you know, going forward as far as a GM. And I agree with you. I think maybe what they do is they kick Garth upstairs and and find, name a GM yeah. in his place. Yeah, but like, and we've this, you know, countless of times. But the first thing they need to do is they 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 bring John Tavares in the office and they say, who <laughs> who should run this team? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he should run this team. Right. Yeah, he could. I, he, I'm telling you that John Tavares probably knows the salary cap rules and like how to bend them and stuff better than anybody. <laughs> yeah. I think he probably he probably like reads the CBA on his off days. <laughs> when he's not playing golf, when it's too rainy oh! to play golf, he stays inside. Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy's, Jimmy's got Jimmy's something to say. with a little bit of a party in the hallway. Oh, no. Oh, I thought Jimmy was uh, giving us his opinion on Mike Fuda yeah, well, from the LA Kings. Jimmy's, Jimmy's got a lot of money on the Flames to win it all, so yeah. he's, he's <laughs> that's what he's yeah. getting ready for this series. But. They're definitely a dark horse. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, that series and uh, the Flames-Ducks, and I'm also looking forward to, uh, in case you didn't see on Twitter or you're not on Twitter and you don't know, uh, Brendan Burke is going to be calling the Sharks-Oilers oh. series for NBC. So uh, stay up late. It's Brendan, and it's Mike Johnson, who nice. was let go by Sportsnet, who's a really, really smart guy, former player. Uh, I'm looking actually – it's sad that I'm like – these are the two things I'm looking forward to the most in the playoffs this year. Brendan Burke and Mike Johnson calling the Oilers-Sharks series and the Swedish Hockey League final, which features uh, Islanders goalie prospect Linus Soderstrom, who uh, has back – like he's been – his team has won, lost one game, I think, in this whole playoffs, and they're in the final right now. So look for that too. It might should start this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. And yeah. <laughs> I hope he's got like a, like a Peanuts-themed helmet. With Linus, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do they have peanuts in Sweden? I, I would guess so. At this point, yeah. But um, one one last thing too on snow, and we were you and I were talking about this before we came on. Uh, Arthur Stable had his article today about the sort of questions that are facing the owners right now, and he alluded to something uh, about a contract that Snow may have that goes about f- more than five years is what Arthur said uh, according to some sources Arthur writes uh, snow has four playoff appearances in 11 seasons as GM according to numerous sources around the league he also has a contract with at least five more years on it a parting gift of sorts from loyal former owner Charles Wong when he turned the team over to uh, Malkin and Ledecky so if that's the case then in order to get to fire Garth they would have to I guess pay off or buy him out, uh, in which case, you know, if they keep him as a president, then he can stick around and he can still collect his money. Uh, one of the things that makes Arthur a great reporter for, for Islanders fans especially is he kind of alludes to what the sort of zeitgeist of the fan base is and and without sometimes expressing it, 
you know, in so many words. And there have been rumors about a Garth extension going back years. And this is sort of Arthur saying, you know, there is something about that. It may not be quite what people thought it was, but more than five years can mean a lot of things. Um, so that's going to complicate matters too. And and I don't know where, you know, what they, they're they going to do. And I would like to see somebody else take over the GM spot and then kick Garth upstairs for his, his loyalty to the franchise. But, uh, you know, I just, I can't see anything happening, unfortunately, which is really kind of a I, I, shitty position. I want to know, I, I want to know if um, there'd be a way to quick pull at least two, two fans from every organization and say, is this something you would ever, you're, you're, you could ever see your team and your owner doing? <laughs> Be like, yeah. you, your, your owner's on his way out, sold the team, and he gives his, the GM, who he's become obviously good friends with, uh, a, a five-year contract, kind of like, what was the thing, like the midnight judges, uh, who, I don't know who appointed some, they appointed, like some president appointed all those uh, judges <laughs> to the Supreme Court right before he left office and that's what i feel like he, <laughs> right. that, that charles kind of pulled there and uh so <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I guess i mean it's just weird i just don't i can't see, think of any like who would do that it's i it's mean so islander so i feel i <laughs> well it's definitely that it's definitely an islanders so islanders move for sure um i could see like you know uh, daryl cates or something being, like that i could see like 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 Glenn Sather with the Rangers, maybe like someone who's been there for yeah. he's been there forever. Like Garth Snow hasn't been there forever, and he's also not won anything. Like it's not right. it's not uh, you know somebody you know if Steve Eisenman had been the GM for twenty years with the Lightning, <laughs> them doing that like uh, it. I can see uh, Peter Comanos doing that with Ron Francis because like Ron Francis means so much to that franchise. Yeah going back to Hartford that I could see that kind of like, you know, kind of job for life, basically. Like you'll never have to, I mean, can you honestly see an owner of the, of the hurricanes ever firing Ron Francis? Like that, no. that would be the worst thing ever. Yeah. I mean, you know, eventually Ron Francis will, you know, he will leave the job, but it'll be one of these sort of like soft landing type of things where, you know, he gets some kind of <laughs> ceremonial position, right. but yeah, I could see that happening, but yeah, it is a very Islanders. He move, and again, it's 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 like anything else. <laughs> There's always something that complicates something else. Like you know, it's it's like going back to the weight thing. Like there are a bunch of coaches now that are all available: Lindy Ruff, Ken Hitchcock, Davis Payne, uh, Daryl Sutter. Who else? Steve, well, Steve Willie Desjardins, Bradshaw. St- <laughs> um, you know, all these guys are available, and uh, more to come. I'm sure after the first round. Right. I mean, if the Rangers was in the first round, I mean, well, what do they do? I mean, is Elaine Vino? Does he have kind of a long, a long leash there. Who knows? I'm just saying you never know. And, uh, but it's complicated. Like it's just, compl- I mean, the fact that Doug went 24, 12 and whatever <laughs> leading the Islanders just complicates things. You know, it's not, it's not an easy call because you just don't know. I mean, and it just, it's very frustrating. And that's why it's, this is, this is going to be a long off season. I think yeah. <laughs> whether they do anything or not, I- I'm not going to lie. Like I want Doug to stay because I like hearing him talk. <laughs> I like, I like his press conferences what he could be telling me could be 100% total BS and I will believe it right. because he's just such an engaging person. I love his, his weird metaphors about hitting people with fish or like whatever. And it's just, he's a great guy to listen to. And, and I, I guess that's why the, the players dug playing for him. Now, whether or not he has the X's and O's chops to, to make them a better team in the future, I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, I don't think any of us know and, you know, we haven't like gone through the stats yet, and I don't even think know if they matter because I don't know if the team necessarily might have the talent to be better, mm-hmm. 
even under you know a new coach or even Doug Wade. Yeah, and especially the way the division's going. Um, oh yeah, it's, the division's not going to get any easier. So <laughs> no, I mean the, the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes made a, a ridiculous run towards the end there, yeah. and they had good goaltending at point in the season for like a two week yeah. stretch. The Hurricanes would be in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, hello, the the Flyers won ten games in a row. Yes, like, yes. I think we that <laughs> happened so long ago we forgot, but they won ten games in a row and they look like. The Philadelphia Flyers for half the season, like this team is going to the playoffs, and then they just stopped winning, like they just literally stopped, mm-hmm. and they end up with less points than the Islanders did. So, uh, oh. yeah, and Jimmy. it's just a <laughs> sorry, Jimmy. Jimmy's a Flyers fan. I don't know. Is it? He's he just had. It's very he's very uh very uh riled up today. Yeah, but, had, uh, had, I guess we're I guess we're riled he up. He had a trip to the beach today, so he's oh. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, nice, nice beach day too. So that's cool. Um, so of the uh, of the available coaches, um, aside from Daryl Sutter, who again is a new addition to the list, uh, I would think that Lindy Ruff actually might make the best, the most sense for the Islanders. Um, he got done in by having some bad D. Um, he had some very young defense and and very bad goaltending. Which actually, it's funny because the, their defense was worse than their goaltending. Um, but their goaltending was still very yeah, sub mediocre. They were pretty terrible on the penalty kill too. So yes, like- yeah, right. And so uh, I don't really know if the Islanders' goaltending is. I mean, the, uh, I know the Islanders' goaltending is way better than Dallas's. I like to think their defense is better, but it might be kind of close call to be honest with you because the Islanders do give up a lot of shots. Um, but I feel like he would be somebody who would maybe take the job, maybe do some good stuff. I feel like he's the kind of guy who Tavares would be like. Yeah, that's a guy who I would play for because that guy's an NHL coach. I mean, he's been—he doesn't want a Stanley Cup, but he's been around a hundred years, and he's certainly got the respect of a lot of guys. I'm sure he's got a winning record. So, of the guys that are available, I think he would—he would play. Oh, Michelle Terrian is another one. Please, no, 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 <laughs> Michelle Terrian, no, no. He's just like French. Actually, between him and Gerard Gallant, they're both like French Jack Capuano. Like they're all about, you know, the the. Um, the 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 grit and the heart and the the passengers and all that no 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 thanks and and I I know I was I was when I said before the grass is greener syndrome I totally admit that when the Panthers fired Gerard Gallant I was like hire this guy immediately and then a day later I was reading more about it I'm like you know what maybe the Islanders don't need this guy maybe he's not the right guy for them so I'm sure they're good coaches I'm sure Gerard Gallant is a great guy uh, in particular but uh, I don't think they're the right just the right just coaches go, for the going Islanders. back to the Hurricanes I don't think they will but if they fire Bill Peters, the Islanders should. Oh, absolutely! Jump. Uh, and yeah. any team should jump all over that. Like he yeah. is a yeah. good cocky coach. So he really is. Uh, he really. I don't is. know how. They're... I don't know how he he got that team as far as he did with the goaltending <laughs> they had. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they would fire him. I really uh, hope not, because I, I, I like I, I'm a big fan of his. I like the way he 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 was. He's also very honest with the media too. His. Right. I, don't, I mean, I'm no. I don't think everyone's banging down doors to go. You know, watch post-game interviews with the Carolina Hurricanes head coach, <laughs> but if you catch one or two a season, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the one who yelled at Eddie Lack yes. was like down the hallway, and he's like, make an effing save. Yeah, yeah he said he's, he's, a, he's <laughs> like, if you look at save percentage and goals yeah. against average, he's 60. And I don't need to tell yeah. you how many goaltenders are in this league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough. That's pretty rough. But yeah, no, he's a real good coach. And, um, you know, somebody brought up to um, Paul McLean, who's, who's with um, – He's with Anaheim now. You know, it looked like for a while with Ottawa he would be a good coach, but I don't know. He kind of came from the Detroit tree just like Bill Peters did. He mm-hmm. came from the Mike Babcock, you know, system in Detroit. And I don't know, for some reason, like he just flamed out immediately and ended up, you know, on the bench uh, as an assistant coach in Anaheim 
right now. So uh, it's weird how sometimes, you know, a guy can look like the right coach and then all of a sudden he, he isn't, you know, overnight. Um, but it'd also be interesting to see again who who gets fired off the uh, after the first round of the playoffs. Um, oh yeah, Willie Desjardins was also in, in Vancouver. He got fired. No thanks. I don't know about him. Yeah. Um, he also came from the Dallas system. A lot of people are hyped up on Travis Green uh, with Desjardins out in Vancouver and Travis Green coaching the Canucks minor league team. I'm assuming that Travis gets the first yeah, shot he's out from there. there too. I, I like I like him. Yeah, Travis Green. But yeah, but it I, I don't know clear what was going on. Yeah. And uh, I feel like, though, if if the Islanders are going to hire a different coach, the, it can't be yeah, a first time be an established guy. coach. It's got to be an established guy. Like again, if if you're Doug Wade and you did a good job for the for a few months and you you gave it your all, but the team says to you, "Hey, man, we just hired Lindy Ruff slash Daryl Sutter slash Ken Hitchcock," you know, it's it's going to be tough, you know, to be like. I think even Doug would be like, "Yeah, you know what? That's right. a good." And he would stay on and maybe be an assistant coach or something like that to be the go-between between the players, which would be fine. But, you know, if it's like, hey, Doug, you're out and we're going to bring in this guy from, you know, whatever university or, you know, AHL, Outpost, whatever, like that's a different right. story. <laughs> in that case, you might as well just keep weight. But anyway. Yeah, that's, so. a, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Uh, they, they, they should, for the first time, in, I guess in my lifetime, go after an established mm-hmm. head coach. Yes, very much so. That, yeah, no, I, I agree. That's that's the, the point. I always, right I always say, like, the, the way you can tell he's an he's, – He's a former Islander coach. Is, just ask yourself this question. Is he coaching in the NHL anymore? <laughs> I think the only one they've ever hired in my lifetime that is, is yeah. Peter Laviolette. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and you know what's sad is that for like a while, the uh, for a while this season, the Predators were really struggling. Mm-hmm. Like they ended up, I think they're in the they're in the eighth seed, but you know they, they've looked much better lately. They seem to finally have kind of gotten all the kinks out and it's not a it's not a star laden team outside of you know pk suban and and shea weber uh, not shea weber uh pecorine but um you know for a while there if, if they were struggling i was like oh man if they can laviolette that yeah. is the play <laughs> like that's the guy you bring back and then you get the the ex-islander bump plus the established coach bump and the Stanley Cup champion bump. So, you know, that, w- that would be a huge thing. But I, at this point, I, I doubt I – ca- I can't see it happening. I mean, even if they lose to the, the Blackhawks, I can't and really it, see it The funny thing happening. was I remember listening to uh, someone talk about the Predators' struggles early in the year. And somebody said it would be a shame if this really slow start, which was basically because they had they had like some, a really bad case of the flu for the first couple weeks right. of the season. Uh, kept them out of the playoffs. <laughs> so I'm happy that they kind of corrected the ship. They seem to be the, yeah. the, the kind of – sexy everybody's second team uh, right now. <laughs> yeah well i think uh because chicago is actually sort of vulnerable this year i mean it's not like they're not good because they're obviously still yeah. very good but you know this might be the one of the years that they you know kind of get bounced in the first round i feel like the nhl has been very chalk lately in the playoffs like every, every it's been it's not been i don't want to say like very predictable but it's been you know the same cast of characters for you know seven eight years so i'd like to see somebody kind of gate crash yeah as long as it's not Minnesota or the Rangers. Yeah, uh, well, that's the thing. Like, it's it's another good thing about the the Islanders being out of the playoffs. If you're looking silver linings, is I can focus my entire attention to just worrying about the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup, which I've already convinced myself <laughs> they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, people are confident that the Canadians are going to win that oh, series, and I'm glad they are. But yeah, I don't, you I don't know what's going to happen. We all know Chris Kreider's just going to yeah. crash right into somebody. Oh it's God. important. Yeah. 
as we left to Al Montoya to, uh, <laughs> to handle the reins. Um, but I mean, it's Montreal is such a weird team because, you know, it's, it's, a, they're a little like the Islanders in that their, their cast of people has been the same. I feel like forever. Like I, I was only sort of joking when I was saying that Alexei Emelin has been on the Canadians since 1956, you know, and he played with like Rocket Richard and Henry Richard and Yvonne Cornwallier and Guy Lafleur. Like it just feels like he has. It feels like he's been there since the Flying Frenchman, Scotty Bowman era, and it's just because. It, and aside from the the Subban trade, I mean, God, these guys. I feel like they've just been seeing them forever, and maybe maybe it's just a function of the people I follow on Twitter or. You know, the amount of news that comes out of them, but I don't know if other teams don't feel that way. And of course, with the Islanders, like I feel like I've been, you know, I feel like Ryan Strom is forty-five years yes. old because I've been following this guy's career since he was like seventeen. So it just seems like, I mean, even today, today, you know, reading all the Tavares stories, it's like, man, he's still only twenty-six. <laughs> God, this <laughs> like, guy like sixty years old. You know, jeez. He's yeah, he's he's, he's like seventy-seven in Islander years. <laughs> well, and and his his demeanor is very much of that of a sixty-six-year-old yes, man, yes, but yes. Uh, his. Uh, he was wearing a. Uh, this is the the level of craziness I got into. Is uh, he was doing his you know his clear out day interviews and I'm watching it and I'm like, what hat is he? Because they all wear different hats. I don't know yeah. why it's a, it's a thing. And uh, his was a hat from and I can't remember what it is now, but the the Jack Nicholas course uh, out in Southampton. And I was like, oh, good. That's yeah, awesome. Good that's, that's that's a, a good, good sign. sign. Yeah. Sure, like he's not wearing a hat from like courses for you here, John. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Jack Nicholas has designed, designed one, so that's pretty cool. But uh, you know, that's the kind of level of craziness we're getting into. And I, I don't want to get into off a whole thing because, like you said before, we came on, like we've we've talked about Tavares ad nauseum. We are going to talk more about him going into the summer, heading into the draft, and and you know, July first and free agency and all that stuff. So we don't want to get into it. But um, you know, who whoever makes that call is going to be. Obviously, a big a big part of that decision, and it could be Garth Snow. I mean, let, let's face it; like the money, the smart money is on Garth Snow making that decision. Exactly. I think, but I think <laughs> I, if, if it's not Garth Snow, it, it, that's that'd be a huge surprise in my mind. I think so. I agree. Uh, I agree. And and you know, there are names out there. Again, no Dean Lombardi at all. But you know, th- there are ways that that Ledecky and Malkin could handle this, and um, you know, there are ways that they could they could make people happy <laughs> it can make people worried it can make people sad um you know it's funny another guy who i thought that might be a good choice for a gm is a guy they would never bring back which would be don maloney <laughs> who is a totally different gm uh in carol in uh arizona than he was with the islanders you know and he actually put together some some pretty skilled rosters out there on literally no money and you know seemed to know who to keep and, and who to get rid of and it would be kind of funny but Please don't bring back Don Maloney is what I'm saying. But I'm saying he is a different Don Maloney than he was back then. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> that would really be interesting. <laughs> they should they should maybe throw a line out to, to uh, Neil Smith too. <laughs> uh, what's he doing now? Is he on like – I don't know what he's on, doing. Is he on NHL Network or whatever? He was for know. a while. Was... But I, I feel like they – I haven't yeah. seen him on in a long time. and They, they yeah. might have like – I feel like everybody on there is much younger now. Yeah, he uh, when he was the uh, general manager of the ECHL's Greenville team was when he uh, he told uh, Keith to GFY and uh, asked Mark if he owned a suit. So (laughs) never forget that great classic, uh, classic lighthouse hockey moment written up on Deadspin. Hilarious. So still referenced to this day. Uh, and uh, that was the last job I knew he had in hockey that wasn't as a talking head. But uh, Greenville, what, the, the Greenville Stingrays <laughs> or Growl or something. 
they were the Growl, and I think they changed their name to the Stingers or the Stingrays or something like that. Got it. But anyway, we'll see. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, oh, um, you know another guy too with an Islanders connection, Darcy Regeer, who was a, is a scout with somebody or maybe not. I think he might be a free agent these days. But he was obviously the GM in Buffalo for a long time. Started out as an Islanders assistant GM. Yep. And you know was passed over, I guess, in favor of Mike Milbury. And uh, I don't know. That might be an interesting hire too. I don't know if he would be. Any good, <laughs> but I know he puts together some good teams for the Sabres, and that'll be you don't hear that name that often, so I yeah. guess there's probably a reason. I wonder, for it, uh, yeah, I wonder if he's somewhere, uh, yeah, but yeah, I think uh, that that's the thing, like, there are so many candidates out there, and some good, some bad, some that we've yeah. probably never heard of before. That hopefully <laughs> the, the Islanders have yeah. on a short list somewhere because they, you know, might be the next best general manager out there. So, uh, yeah. you just, I mean, you hope that, that it's not just you know, blind faith in snow because he's got, the, he's got the deal and he's been there. So like, that's, that, that'd be the worst right. possible thing. So, right. uh, you know, if they do bring him back, which like we were saying is probably going to be the case, hopefully they say like, you know, he's on a short leash or we've, you know, we've, we've exhaustive search and are at least a little mm. honest about something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too, is that, you know, we've been hearing now for the better part of four or five months about this, this, listening tour that John Ledecky and Scott Malcolm have gone on and you wonder who they've been listening to and who they've been talking to and you know what what the um the sort of fruit of that labor is going to become and um they've obviously been trying to get Pat Brisson who is uh, Tavares's agent somehow in the fold and it doesn't sound like Pat wants a part of that which you know I guess makes sense since he's got this entire stable of very powerful clients and by the way he also lives in Los Angeles so he seems reluctant to to move to Brooklyn um that's another thing too man with Daryl Sutter can you can you picture Daryl Sutter in in Brooklyn I mean I guess in LA he he did it in LA but he, I don't know I can't see he'd him be Brooklyn. a gem just to think about what he would say about <laughs> the ice and stuff I wonder. You probably call it a circus and a lot. Whatever he said, I don't even know. I can understand him because he's such a mumbler. Yeah, he's a very mumbly Albertan uh, and uh, farm guy. I could totally see him being like, "Well, I'm done," and just heading back to the farm and just chilling out. Yeah, being Daryl Sutter until the next, because that's what he was doing before the Kings hired him. I guess between jobs with the Flames and and the Kings. So, um, but yeah, lots lots of things up in the air. Um, I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on it. I I still think. I mean, it's only Wednesday. Well, this is going to post on Thursday, so there's still time for for a move this week, which is kind of what I predicted last week. But you know, my predictions never come out right, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, hopefully it's a good move, but uh, you know there's there's still time, and unfortunately whether we like it or not, it's going to get dragged out, you know, all summer long. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to take forever. We probably won't have a GM until a new GM for a couple of years anyway. So <laughs> we could probably just recycle yeah. this podcast at the end of next year when the Islanders miss the playoffs. <laughs> um, the draft lottery is going to be, which unfortunately the Islanders have to pay attention to for the first time in two years, uh, is going to be April 29th. So uh, you could probably watch that on uh, on NHL, on, I guess, NBC Sports or NHL.com or something like that. They, I think it was on the website last year, but I'm not sure. Uh, that's the drawing. Uh, the Islanders, again, have a 0.9% chance of winning the lottery. They could potentially jump all the way up to the first, but... <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's going to work that way. Uh, and then the draft is on uh, June 23rd and 24th uh, of this uh, this year, and it's in Chicago this year. So uh, those are your dates to know. And then obviously July 1st is the uh, free agency signing day, and hopefully a couple of days after that, John Tavares is locked up, and we can end this whole stupid. Yep. Thing. Yeah, we can go on all. vacation or something. <laughs> it would be a vacation. Yes. Um, 
I do have a, a review here. Uh, this is a, a really cool one. Uh, he gave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, it's Irish Marine MP. Uh, so thank, thank you for your service. If you are in, indeed a Marine and I assume that you are, thank you very much. Yes. And he, he writes to us, uh, an absolute must for New York Islanders fans. Mike and Dan offer compelling analysis of the New York Islanders with in-depth insights into the team's performance management, future prospects, and fan experience. This podcast offers, offers all that you need informative, entertaining, and educational. These guys know hockey and have a strong sense of history when it comes to the Islanders glorious past and frustrating post dynasty years. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> My only issue with the podcast is that they only produce approximately two episodes a month. I'm a huge Islanders fan and would love to listen to the new episode once a week. Nevertheless, these guys are legit when it comes to cogent analysis. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, And we're sorry that we can't record one. Yeah. um, You know, life gets in the way and it'd be great if we we could uh, do this every week. I I mean, it's – I would say it's more me than you because it's just – I work at night and on weekends, so it's it's tough, but – we also, I also want to say to thank you to you because I just show up to these things and and you know, spout not <laughs> nonsense. Dan does all the the bat behind the scenes stuff, and uh, so so kudos to you for that and uh, for for being able to work with the audio because a lot of times uh, my end of the bargain isn't isn't up to snuff with the with, <laughs> with my audio. Well, I appreciate your thanks, uh, and uh, it's it's not just you because uh, I mean I have a two I work in the city I have a long commute home. Sometimes I get home with barely enough energy to eat dinner, let alone do this and hang out with my daughter and my wife and, and like, you know, have a life. So it don't don't put it on yourself. And also I have worked nights and it does suck. Uh, but uh, do it now while you're still yes. young and before you get all you get to be a tired old man like me. But uh, you're I, I have to thank you because without you, this would be just me like ranting and raving. And in case you or nobody else has noticed, almost all of the titles of this of the episodes for the show that we do are things that Mike says. <laughs> and there's a reason for that because he says all the interesting stuff and I just have to record it. So it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Uh, it's either, it's usually either a Mike quote or one, a quote from one of our guests. That is the, uh, the, the title, because I don't really say that much. That's interesting. But anyway, uh, we all appreciate you, you listening, everybody out there. And, uh, I hope we hope that we've, uh, provided some outlet or entertainment for you this season. It was very frustrating. <laughs> it's going to get more frustrating. It's not over yet, really. My <laughs> wife was like, so now that they're done, are you done no, writing? No, that's the like, hard part. <laughs> yeah. I said, are you crazy? <laughs> We're never done. There is there is no done. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll we'll pop in. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to uh, uh, our uh, reviewer there, but uh, look for the podcast now get even less frequent <laughs> as the season goes on, but uh, or the off season goes on. But we will definitely have – we'll definitely talk again before – the draft and definitely before, again before free agency hopefully we'll get some more guests on maybe we'll get some arthur staple uh, back on here maybe we got to talk to dom we got other lhlh guys we haven't talked to yet so uh we'll try and do that but uh thank you very much for listening yes thank you very we'll be much. back yeah uh we will be back i have absolutely no idea when but probably sometime after the lottery but before the draft uh, maybe maybe just doing the playoffs just for fun uh if news breaks maybe we'll pop on and do something there uh but in the meantime you could follow mike at his twitter handle which is again uh, big lebowski with two e's big lebowski with two e's you can follow me at culture of losing uh we're there all the time so you yes. know but you could always follow us there uh if you if you're looking for more of this uh this kind of this style of entertainment. I don't know what you'd call it, but anyway, <laughs> that's where we are. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. Thanks for reading. Thanks for following. Hope uh, you guys had enjoyed the season as far as we can help you with it. And uh, we will talk to you again at some point in the very near future. All right. Thank you very much. Bye bye.